Welcome to Making Account, a podcast that provides practical financial advice for every stage of life. I'm Christina. And I'm Randy. And we're not financial experts. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) No, we're just like you, aka doing our best to reach financial success and trying not to stumble along the way. And we're making it happen thanks to all the help from our money smart friends. That's right. So stay tuned for fun guest interviews, listener submitted Q&As, and plenty of our own money experiences. The more embarrassing, the better, right? You say embarrassing, I say educationally entertaining. Whether you're working to make the most of your paycheck or ready to up your investment game, we've been there and done that. And we still have more to learn. So together, let's make make it count. count. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Making It Count. Welcome back, everyone. Randy, I cannot tell you. I know we say this every single time about how excited we are about this episode, but I am not lying. And I think you can tell. You probably know why because you know me pretty well. But can you tell why? No, you got to tell me why. <laughs> because we're kicking off a brand new mini series today and it's about money and fun. Yes. Yes. And we're starting out the first few episodes about my favorite topic, vacationing yes and not only vacationing money smart vacationing thank goodness my (laughs) wallet could use some help same so either you're planning a weekend staycation or an international getaway we are here to talk all about how to save money on vacation so randy did you know that 67 percent of americans are budgeting for their travel this year and over half of them had to cut back or change their plans due to the economy I mean, I figured inflation must have hit the travel industry, but I didn't really think about it. That's a really big number. Exactly. It's huge. And with the summer right around the corner, our timing for this episode could not be better. Exactly. So are you planning any trips for the summer, Christina? Um, Of course I am. Oh, yeah? Where are you going? So... We are, I know, a, another shocker if you've ever listened to this podcast, I am cringy, fringy, and stingy. Thank you, producer Lauren. Um, I am stingy. So I always travel on a budget. I am a big proponent of hyper economy air, like air flight. Like, I am the Allegiant Frontier Spirit. Yes, ride on the wing. Yes. Give me some duct tape. Put me and down there in the luggage. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> with so, the luggage? With the luggage. Like, oh just my. get me there. I don't care. Oh, man. So that's how we travel. What about you, Listen, Randy? there's nothing wrong with that. You know, uh, me and my wife, Emily, we are always trying to find places to go, you know, within a range, within a budget range. It's hard sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's because, like, where do we go for flights? Should we drive there instead? Should or rent I, a car. Should I rent a car. Hotel yeah. or Airbnb. Yeah, there's so many different mm-hmm. options out there and, and sometimes it can get a little muddled. So I'm really happy for today's episode. Yes, me too. I'm sure we will each pick up a thing or two. Well, I think it's important to note that even though people's travel plans might be changing due to the economy, they're still happening and a fun vacation is still completely doable on a smaller budget. For sure. And wouldn't you know, we actually have the perfect expert here with us today to share some tips on planning a vacation on a budget. Our guest today is Miss Donna Shields, a vacation planning expert and travel blogger. She's going to help us learn how you can turn travel planning from a chore into part of the fun, no matter what your budget is. Donna, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, well, thanks for having me. And we're talking about my favorite topic, going on vacation and having fun and Heck not yes. breaking the bank. <laughs> yes, girl, yes. You just hit every awesome thing that we love talking <laughs> about. <laughs> 
Well, welcome to the podcast, Donna. Randy, how about you go first? I'm on it. So Donna, let's start with the first thing you have to decide when you're trying to plan your trip, where you're going. What's the best way to pick a destination on a budget? Well, you know, the first thing I ask is who's going on the trip, because that really dictates an awful lot. Because if you're a couple, if it's a family trip, a multi-generational family trip, you know, your best friends down the street, that really determines where you want to go and what you want to do. So once you've nailed that down, then considering what your budget is, we travel for different reasons all the time. Sometimes we want adventure. Sometimes it's, you know, an educational, historical kind of a trip. Other times we're, you know, it's a road trip to go see the grandparents and we're going to put some fun into it as well on the way. So it, it kind of depends on what the purpose of the trip is. And then once I, I know that, then I think about what my destination is, you know, what destination fills that particular need. That's a good point. That is a great point because we've definitely done it. Have My husband and I have definitely done that before where we've turned a family trip to go see people. And then we've tagged on like, oh, but we can also do this oh, while yeah. we're there. Because she's right. Like if you're already flying up there or spending the money to go somewhere, it's a twofer, right, Donna? Absolutely. So I am all about max maximizing your time and your dollar. And especially if you're going to visit people, you have a free place to stay in mm-hmm. most cases. Yep. So, you know, you've saved some money right there. And then that leaves a little more, you know, to go on tours and maybe splurge on something else that you might not have. It's a very good point. Yeah. Sometimes I just use trips to see family as an excuse to go do other things instead entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see your family? No. That's for That's a future a- episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, Donna, all right. So we got destination in mind. We know the purpose of why we're going. So what is your hot take? Flights first or hotels first? What do you book first? I am a flights first person Mm. because that is a big ticket item, right? Maybe more so than even your accommodations. And we have a lot of options with where we're going to stay, but we have a more limited set of options with how many flights are going to the place I want to go to. So I always started kind of a high level and I, I start looking at things like on Google flights and Skyscanner and and Google Flights in particular, if you have flexibility with your time, because that allows you to look at, say, a whole month and you can eyeball, you know, what part of the month, what few days of the month are cheaper. And if you can work your trip around that, well, all the better. And then once you've kind of narrowed that down, then I start looking at things like Kayak and Expedia and Hopper and Skyscanner to actually see where I can get the best deal on booking the tickets. I'm writing every single one of those down. I know. We're gonna- Especially Google Flights. I didn't realize Google had like a whole a whole thing with, with flying. Yeah, I didn't either. That's really interesting. Yes. So in terms of the strategy of that, are, are there certain days of the week that are cheaper or certain times of the year that are cheaper? What's, what's the best way for me and my wife to get a vacation for cheap? Well, you know, there used to be this thing about, oh, they're always cheaper on a Tuesday and a Thursday. And while there sometimes is some credence to that, what I find is if I'm planning a trip, I go in every morning about the same time 
and I do a quick scan of my favorite three or four booking platforms because things changed constantly with flights. There's so many different factors that go into pricing with with airlines. And people say, well, oh, I, I don't have time every day. And I'm like, listen, five minutes, you can do a quick scan. And I have found that it really varies. So sometimes, you know, people always think, oh, it's more expensive to fly on the weekend. Not necessarily. So if you put a little upfront work into sort of this daily scanning while you're really in the thick of planning a trip, I think that can be well worth your time. And then with respect to time of year, I mean, look, it's always going to cost you more in the winter if you want to come down here to Key West where I am or go, <laughs> or go someplace warm, right? It's, it's going to cost makes sense. you more. So you think like Wisconsin in February would be affordable? <laughs> that is a deal. Absolutely. <laughs> I know where we're going. We're going straight to the cheese curd factory. I don't Ooh, know about you guys. Oh, yes. I'm right there with you. You could plan a trip around ice fishing in Wisconsin in February go. and maybe And then you save time. money on food. You caught your own fish. Oh, my God. <laughs> you saved money on another meal. I'm going to so? call my wife. We're going to Wisconsin. <laughs> in, the, in February. In February. I'm like stuck on, I have two kids. So like I am bound to the school calendar. So I feel like I'm traveling at the most expensive times of year because everybody's traveling with kids in the summer and around the holidays and spring break. No, you're, you're absolutely right. School schedules are definitely a challenge because you don't have a lot of wiggle room. I mean, and however, having said that, schools around the country very often vary maybe a week or so in either direction of their winter breaks or their spring. And particularly with spring breaks, depending on where you live in the country, you know, not everyone has the same exact spring break. So it is a challenge for parents. I I won't lie about that. And, you know, sometimes maybe though finding locations to go that aren't, you know, on the must-do list and finding more off-the-beaten-path things. And, and again, it depends on what kind of kids you have. I know one year, for example, I live here in Key West, which, of course, is a big tourist destination. But we get out of here to avoid the crowds and go to other places in Florida. You know, when my son was younger, we would come up to Central Florida to go panning for shark's teeth in, you know, in some, um, I can't remember the name of the river, but it was kind of random and off the beaten path, but it was a lot of fun and way cheaper than going to Disney. It's true. <laughs> Christina, your kids could be into ice fishing I in mean, Wisconsin. They totally, my kids are adventure seekers. So yes, I could totally see my kids wanting to do that. <laughs> I'm going to join you at the curd factory. Uh, yes. The cheese curd factory. Okay, so John, we talked about flights and timing for flights. Now let's switch gears and talk about accommodation. So again, you you got to all go back based on to what your vacation and how many. But when you're thinking about accommodations, like when do you decide between a hotel, a budget-friendly hotel, a swanky hotel, an Airbnb or Verbo or VRBO? Like how do you make a that tent decision? on the side of a the road. Tent, yeah. An RV. Like there's so many RV, options yeah. now. There really are. And a lot of them are very fun. So again, you know, if you're with an adventuresome crowd, I've booked staying in a teepee on Airbnb. <gasps> and I and I think it's, 
you know, Oh, that sounds so much fun. I I I want to do that. Donna, where is this TP located? (laughs) But that's not for everybody, right? So you have to know the crowd that you're traveling with. You know, my overall answer to your question is, you know, if you're going with a few people and your end, or if you're going for a slightly longer period of time, an Airbnb can certainly save a lot of money because you can buy groceries, you can at least make breakfast in, you know, so, sometimes you go out for breakfast and you can spend 20 bucks a person. So you need to think about that cost saving factoring in with some meals cooked in. But what I have found, too, when I'm deciding between Airbnbs or or VRBOs and Booking.com, I often have found places less expensive on Booking.com. And I say this because I'm also a host on Airbnb, so I know my costs. I have to pay taxes. I have to pay a cleaning fee. And Mm -hmm. all of that has to get rolled in to what you're charging the guest. So- And I have often found now that private hosts are also putting their properties on Booking.com. So people think Booking.com is just for hotels. Not necessarily. So you really have to, again, do your homework with this stuff. And if you're going for three nights and it's just the two of you, then fine. Get a very cool hotel and splurge a little bit. But if you're, you know, I just came back from a four month trip. So oh, oh my four gosh. months. I was on the road for four months in Mexico, Spain, and Portugal. What? So budget was at was paramount. I mean, I had a budget. We could not spend more than fifty to sixty dollars a night on lodging. And I and I had to stick to it. So wow. you know, and then when you're in cities, of course, it's more expensive. You know, Madrid and Lisbon are more expensive than what I was paying anywhere in Mexico. So, you know, you have to balance it out, too. You splurge here, you cut back there. That's a good point. That's a good tip. So, Donna, a lot of my friends use reward points or loyalty programs. They save money on traveling. Do you have any recommendations for the most generous programs that you've heard of? Because I've heard of a few and I'm trying to decide. Well, I personally am not a hotel loyalty point person because we tend to stay more frequently in little small places and Airbnbs. So and for me, yeah. I, I, I don't... <laughs> I I don't typically stay in larger hotels that have loyalty programs, but I know a lot of people do and they get a good value out of it. When it comes to airline miles, I mean, and on this trip, we just went on for the first time ever. I booked a business class from Mexico. I felt like I was living large but I only did that because I had enough miles. It's way too expensive to pay for those tickets. So I have accumulated a lot of miles through airlines, but I also use credit cards that have pretty robust reward programs. And that gives you, you know, credit card programs don't tie you to one airline, which is, Uh, that's a nice feature of getting your rewards on a credit card rather than one that's just tied to an airline. That's a really good tip. I have the, um, I think it's the Southwest card with Chase. 
And every time I buy something, I accumulate points and I eventually can can use them on flights. So I'm I'm right there with you, Donna. That's a really good tip. So that's great if you're flying on Southwest. But if you envision that you're going to be taking a trip in the future somewhere else and you're going to need to rack up some miles some other way, then, yeah, you may want to think about getting particularly I only get a new credit card if there is some fantastic bonus sign up. Like I just got the Chase Sapphire card because right now it has an 80,000 mile bonus sign up. Whoa. Wow. So that is a lot of those are the kinds of deals you want to be on the lookout for. It's a good point. I'm going to look into that card. All right. Well, thank you so much, Donna. We've already been itching to plan our next trip. So now is our time to do rapid fire round of questions. It's called our making it account essentials. Randy, how about you start first? Yes. So to check or not to check a bag? That is the question. Donna, do you have any recommendations for bag checking? I never check bags, but that's me. I travel very lightly. If you can get away with not checking a bag, you can save money and also save hassle and time. And also then you eliminate the possibility that maybe your bag isn't going to show up when you do. Yeah, I've heard some horror stories is my nightmare. Okay, my turn. Are really longer trips more expensive than shorter ones in the long run? Not necessarily, because if you're booking lodging, particularly for a longer period of time, particularly if it's an Airbnb, a VRBO, many hosts will give you weekly and monthly discounts. So sometimes the per night rate can actually be a pretty good deal if you're staying longer. That's a very good point. So Donna, do you have any favorite vacation planning success stories that you can share with us? Well, I I have to say this trip I just came back on was really the first time I had done a trip that long. And one of the things that I did on this trip was in order to save money on lodging, I had signed up for a website called Trusted House Sitters. And we stayed for one whole week in a beautiful home in exchange for watching someone's dog. So this is commonly done. You got a dog out of this too. That's a great deal. So trusted house sitters and there's other platforms where homeowners who are also pet owners are looking for someone to come take care of their pets while they go away. You get free lodging. Many of the homes are in great locations. So this was my first time trying that. And it was a really great experience. The other thing I would suggest to people, which I have been doing for years, is trying home exchanges. And that's where you mutually are staying in someone else's home and they are coming to yours and there's no exchange of money. So that can save a tremendous amount on lodging costs. I feel like that's the plot of a movie. There's Isn't a it Christmas Love Actually? Movie. No, it's not Love Actually. No. Yeah, it's Jack Black, Jack and, Black Cameron and Cameron Diaz. Yeah, and What's um, that movie? Kate Winslet. Oh, now we can't remember what that oh, movie it's gonna is. It's going to bug me. But yes, that's literally. Oh, the holiday. Yeah, the holiday. Thank you, producer yes, Nicole. Exactly. It, yes. And, and it works. I mean, I've done it for years, uh, both in the States and abroad. And it's a great cultural immersion, too. You know, it, it's a very different experience than staying in a hotel 
you're in someone's neighborhood, you're meeting their neighbors, you're shopping where they shop. So you're, you're falling, falling in love. love. <laughs> exactly. I mean, so if you're into that kind of travel, <laughs> then it's a great thing to do. All right. I've got one more question for you, Donna, because I'm so curious. What type of vacate, like if you could pick, I mean, vacationing is like what you do for a living. But if you can pick any type of vacation, are you like a relax and chill at the beach? Are you like an adventure seeker? Are you one that wants to be immersed in the culture? Are you a plant? Like, what is your favorite type of vacation? TP ice fishing in Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. This will answer your question because last year, we did a 10,000-mile motorcycle trip through, through Mexico. So I, I'm an adventure seeker. So nice. Yes, I, I like to do different things, and I like the cultural immersion aspect when I'm traveling. Donna and oh I gosh. have very similar travel I am the same, Donna. I want to be like where the action is, waking up early, going to bed late. We're like, we're doing as much as we can. We, I joke and I say we vacation hard. That's amazing. So that's, you know, for me personally, that's not for everyone. And, you know, that's why I, you know, when I travel, I'm like, well, I don't tend to sit and read on the beach because I could do that. I can read at home. I, I want to experience the place as fully as possible when I travel. Agreed. All right, That's Randy, amazing. what type of vacation are you? What type of vacation am I? So I'm kind of the same way. I, Me and Emily, or Emily and I, we, we really want to be immersed in whatever the culture is of the place that we're going to. Uh, for example, we just went to New York and for like two straight days, we did every single thing we possibly could. And it's New York, so you can't do everything in two days. But, you know, a Statue of Liberty, we saw a museum, we did a horse ride in the park. Like oh. we, did, we did everything in two days and our feet were very tired. <laughs> but Donna, in that sense, I agree with you. You could, you could read a book at home. Like yeah. if you're on vacation, I agree. You got to just be go, go, go and let me get as much as I can. And I mean, it depends. For some people, if, you know, your life is in a high-powered, high-stress, crazed career, then for you, sitting on the beach and reading is a vacation. So yeah. I think it depends on where you're coming from. You know, what is your normal? And and then you kind of have to take it from there. Something for yeah. everyone. That's and for who sure. you're going with. Like when it's just oh, yeah. us and our couple friends, we have a friend, a couple group. We just want to hang out because there's no kids and we could do whatever, which means just doing nothing. <laughs> you could just get a babysitter and do that at home. Oh, but why do it? Not do it somewhere else. That's true. Well, Donna, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about our favorite topic and yours, traveling on a budget. Um, We really appreciate your time. Yeah, Donna, let our listeners know where they could find you. If you have a blog or a website, uh, please let us know. So my blog is called openmindadventure.com. Obviously, that was a good choice of a name for someone like me. And... um, (laughs) I write about all kinds of places. And as part of that, I also have a travel planning service. So that's different than a travel agent. And what I'm really good at is researching, planning, organizing. So I have people who really want me to do the legwork for them because it does take a lot of time. So when someone comes to me and says, you know, 
this is what I'm interested in. This is how much we can spend. I do a deep dive with them on what kind of trip they're looking for. What are their interests? And then I do all the research and I come back to them with really a mapped out itinerary. And they have all the links to do the bookings for accommodations, for tours, for the train, the flights, but they do the booking themselves. I've done all the legwork and then they just pull the trigger on the trip. So that's a travel planning service. And it's something that I find a lot of people are, are interested in because either they don't have the time, they don't know how to do the research, and they just don't want to be bothered. They kind of just want to cut to the chase. That's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. Some people are like that. Donna, thank you so much for, Thanks, Donna. for everything. Hey, this was fun. Okay, Randy, it's time for our favorite segment. What, what did, did we, we learn, learn today? today? I'm going to go first on this one. Okay. So there's so much we covered, but for me, the most interesting part was that you can really just do anything you want depending on the money that you have and depending on uh, your budget. Because if you can find something that you really love to do, I mean, based on what Donna said, anything is possible. She spent four months in Mexico and Spain and Portugal. I know. Amazing. I learned a couple things. I love that she brought up because, you know, with kids, I'm tied to the different to the school calendar. So I love that she's like, don't forget that different parts of the country go to spring break and summer vacation at different times. So if I time it right, I could save a lot of money because I'm going on that area's downtime because those kids are still in school. So that was a great tip for planning family vacation. Could not agree more. So now it's time for this episode's resource to help listeners make it count. Christina, what do you got? I dare say it's the perfect resource for today's episode. It's a free vacation budget template. Wow, it's not a ridiculous name either. That's awesome. (laughs) It is what it says. I'm so proud of you guys. Okay, so you can account for all potential travel expenses, whether you're planning a road trip or you're booking a domestic flight. You fill out the details in each column, get the daily totals, add them up, and you get your estimated total vacation cost. You can start putting Donna's tips to work like right away. That's amazing. I know. So as always, you can grab that resource at the link in our show notes, courtesy of our producers, Lauren and Nicole. Thank you guys for listening and for joining us today. We'll see you next time on Making Making It Count. And that's a wrap on this episode of Making It Count. Thanks so much for joining us today. You can find our show notes in this episode's description. Be sure to subscribe or follow to stay up to date on our latest episodes. And don't forget to rate or review us on your favorite podcast app. And do you have your own burning financial questions? Send them our way at podcast at editionfi.com and we'll feature them on a show. Miss us already? Don't worry. We'll be back soon with another episode of Making Making It It Count. Count.